This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Rick Houston, and welcome back for the glorious, bare-knuckle, God-fearing, spun-out, and half-turned-over racing story of John Dotson. What's that about bare-knuckles? Oh yeah, go ahead and get comfortable, because this glorious racing story is a knockout. John Dodson grew up in a family of eight rambunctious kids. His older brother, Barry, would eventually become one of NASCAR's most influential crew chiefs of the 1980s and early 1990s. But long before that, the Dodson youngins were a handful. And then some. Hey, y'all, watch this. If that wasn't the official motto of the Dodson boys, it should have been. They once put a go-kart engine on an ironing board with wheels. Another time, they built themselves a bicycle ramp. And one of them, who was either brave enough or dumb enough, laid down at the base of the ramp to be jumped over. Was the ramp ready to be jumped at that point? Not yet. They lit the ramp on fire because they had seen Joy Chitwood do it in his famed death-defying stunt show. Then, and only then, was it showtime. With that many siblings who were that excitable, somewhere along the way, John became a bit of a scrapper. He didn't go looking for trouble, but if it came his way, John could take care of himself. Which brings us first to the July 4th, 1984 Firecracker 400. Just about together, but Petty had the lead. By the nose of the car, Richard Petty was just in front of Gail Yarbrough as they came across the line. If that doesn't ring a bell, it really should. Richard Petty emerged victorious for his 200th Grand National Stock Car Racing victory. And right now... That's the day Richard Petty won the 200th race of his iconic NASCAR career with President Ronald Reagan on hand as a spectator. Not many people can upstage the leader of the free world but that day, the king was an even bigger story than the president. That much, you probably already know. But even as Richard and Ronnie were beginning to celebrate, two more of the most talented drivers this sport has ever known were having at it. John Dodson was a tire changer on Tim Richmond's Blue Max Racing Pontiac at the time, and as the race came down to its conclusion, Tim encountered David Pearson on the track. It did not go well. Tim radios in and says David Pearson won't get out of the way. It's a Chattanooga car, and he was smoking. And Tim Brewer said, well, they've black flagged him. Don't pay any attention. It's five laps to go, you know. So Tim takes the information, Tim Richmond. Well, they've black flagged him. He shouldn't be out here anyway. So he flips the bird to David Pearson. You can just imagine David Pearson's reaction. Here David was, winner of 105 races, the only other driver besides Richard Petty ever to reach the century mark. And this Tim Richmond kid's going to flip him off? Nope, we ain't having that. Almost immediately, Tim realized the error he had just made, and he called for backup. So Richmond radios and says, 
Hey, I think he's mad. <laughs> I think I think Pearson's mad. Maybe you better come down here. Well, okay. Tim was a wimp. Tim Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. Tim Brewer was not. Tim <laughs> Tim Brewer will fry a brick wall. Yeah, he's 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 like me. He's, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, Tim Brewer says, John, go get go get with Tim. Run. Well, I was sort of a hothead then. I got in fights at the Winston All Star Race. Yeah. I got bit. I was the scrapper. I'm the enforcer, you might say, back in those days. But I was hot-blooded. But, you know, it was a team sport, and you don't mess with my team. I run down pit road, and when Tim's coming off the track, he stops before going behind, and I get in the car. He's like, come on. You're joking. No, protect me from David Pierce. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm a 19, I'm 20, 20 yeah. years old. So we got out of the car and said, ah, he's mad, and I'm riding in on the car. The Winston All-Star Race? Hold on. We'll get to that one in a second. Once in the garage, the confrontation between David and Tim was short, but not exactly sweet. We drive into the garage, and we pull into the thing. hes You can tell he's like, man, he's pissed. David Pearson, I hope he don't come over here. Well, by the time he gets out of the car, here comes Pearson. And I mean his nose-to-nose right here. And he says... I'm not going to cuss, and I'm going to say yeah, things yeah. he said, but basically, don't you ever point that finger at me. I'll break it off and stick it blank, 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 or whatever. And Pearson's this close to him. He just, he had enough, and uh, we're in the last stall. Here's the garage, here's the garage wall. The old garage is at Daytona. You, you got a doorway to walk out of. And he basically just comes up and hits Tim like, just, boom. He just melts into that block wall, Richmond does. Yeah, I mean, it's just one punch, and Pearson's just standing there like, you going to give me a finger again? Hey, wait a second. Hadn't John been dispatched to protect him? You know, like this young kid. Hey, you're supposed kid. to be protecting him. One time. <laughs> and the other thing is, he needed it. He needed that. Tim Richmond needed that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You don't come in here and disrespect these, you know, Hall of Famers like David Pearson. Yeah. And he, he you know, it's just like... um. Think about how Keselowski came in and sport and everybody wrecked him. And, yeah. you know, different drivers. Yeah. Uh, you're going to earn your way in here. So I think Tim Richmond grew a lot at that right there. Tim Richmond might have needed the lesson he learned that day. But also, John Dodson decided then and there that he wanted no part of David Pearson. But he punched him against that wall, and then everybody grabbed Pearson, and Pearson's like, I'm done. I don't need to do any more. There he lays. You know? And I'm like, man, I'm glad I never messed with David Pearson. <laughs> so I go back to with Tim. I get him up, you know. We go back, and he gets between the trucks. I quit. And he's throwing his gloves and goes up in the truck. And I quit, and I ain't driving anymore. And I'm like, you know, whatever. He, he drove again. Both drivers were quoted in the next week's issue of Grand National Scene. First, David. It was something that happened on the track. He gave me the finger. I guess he did it because my car was smoking. He was acting crazy, making all kinds of signs. When the caution period came up, I pulled alongside him and asked him what the trouble was. He threw up his arms and started pointing to the garage area. I guess he wanted me to get off the track. I pulled into the garage behind him, went up and said something to him, and then just knocked him around a couple of times. 
He came up about an hour later and apologized. And then Tim had his say. I guess he got out of his car frustrated over his problem. He was smoking and dumping oil on the track. His oil frustrated me too. It was a dangerous situation for me and other competitors. I did, in fact, give him a hand gesture. He came into the garage and tried to run his right index finger through my chest to my back. I told him to quit it, and then a sucker punch was thrown. I don't look for violence, especially with people twice my age. Now, Tim might have got that crack in on David's age, but I guarantee you he was looking around to make sure that David didn't hear him say it. So that was round one. But was John Dotson finished scrapping? We're just getting started. The following is a special presentation of ABC Sports. At the end of this day, it's $200,000 to the winner. From Charlotte Motor Speedway, it's the fifth annual running of the Winston. Fast forward to May 21st, 1989. And if the 1984 Firecracker 400 was one of the most famous events in NASCAR history, the 1989 edition of the Winston All-Star Race featured one of the sport's most infamous confrontations. John was still with Blue Max, this time with Rusty Wallace behind the wheel. And Rusty? Let's just say that when Rusty spun Darrell Waltrip out of the lead with a couple of laps to go, all H-E double hockey sticks broke out. And then some. D.W. hoped Rusty choked on the 200 grand winner's purse he had just wrestled away from Daryl. And in the garage, another scuffle broke out, this time between the two driver's crews. And again, John sets the stage. $200,000 on the line. And the championship of the fifth annual Winston. Darrell Waltrip in the fourth burner now. Wallace comes down low again. Oh, he the tire. Waltrip loses when it's a cut. Waltrip spins it backwards across the grass as they come to the white flag. No, the yellow flag comes out. The yellow flag comes out. And the checkered flag as Wallace picks up $200,000 and the Winston. You can see the tempers are hot when there's that much money on the line as quite a fight broke out just outside of the winner's circle here. Officials and other team members moved in trying to break it up. Went on for just a few minutes. So when you have that much money, you just naturally have a confrontation. And that's what we've seen today. Yeah, let's see, Daryl claims Rusty knocked the hell out of him. That's what his words were. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they just touched, according to Rusty. They touched in the corner. All I know yeah, is, yeah. The next day, Raymond Beetle gave me $2,000 cash, and he, you know, so I was happy. And he's like a rabbit. He said, this is for the, this is for the race, not the fight, you know. <laughs> so I got 2000 cash. Yeah. I got a ring or whatever for winning the yeah. Winston. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got, the, we got the trophy and all that. The next, next week, Daryl won the 600, so rightfully so. Did he hit him? Yeah, yeah. he hit him. I mean, he hit him. Wow. Did he intentionally yeah. hit him? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then, but the fight was much better. Well, Dan, we've had a very controversial finish of the Winston. Rusty Wallace has won it, but there's a very angry Daryl Waltrip. Let's go down to the pits with that story. This is a show, and it's sort of like the animals are getting a little tense right there at the end of the show, and one of them might bite you. So uh, the tension was high. That was totally uncalled for out there, and I think... All right, 
So what happened in the fall? Todd Parrott, who was then working for Blue Mike's, started it. Or was it Sandy Jones from Hendrick Motorsports? The devil's in the details. Todd Parrott started the fight, okay? So, and he'll, he'll, he would agree with yeah, me, but yeah. actually Sandy Jones, Sandy Jones started the fight. And you can look at the footage. So Rusty's coming, they're pitting over here, you know, Rusty's driving into victory lane. Sandy Jones has his back to the car and he kicks the car with his foot, with a back kick. He kicks the car kicks as it's going car. by. Kicks our race car as it's going into victory oh. lane. He's on the right side. And he, he, he's he's facing this way. Rusty drives by, and Sandy kicks the side of the car. Kind of mule. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? But it's caught on tape. Todd is running to victory lane, and he's got his hands on the spoiler, and he's running behind the car, and he sees Sandy do it. Well, he just grooves over on the spoiler, and then he elbows Sandy, just flails him, you know. Here we go. It's on. John jumped into the fray to help his teammate. Sandy Jones, in turn, proceeded to go all Mike Tyson on John. Not as a fighter, but as a biter. Sandy pins Todd up against a car trailer. That's right there. And I see this. Well, that's my team. You got my guy up against the trailer. So I run over to Sandy Jones, and I reach around to get him and pull him away, and he bites my thumb. He bites down on my thumb. I have two pair of baseball gloves on. That was before mechanics wear saved yeah. us all. I would wear two pairs of gloves. I'd go to the sport goods store and buy them to change tires. Bites down on my thumb and he won't let go and his hurts like crap. So while I'm trying to get my thumb out of his mouth, here comes Cruz. You know, they're watching. Well, it looks like I'm hitting Sandy in the face. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm like trying to get my thumb out and his head's jerking back and forth. So, and it looks like I'm just punching Sandy, but, you know, his yeah, head's, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. no, that's not the deal. It was at that point when another Hendrick Motorsports crew member tried to pull John off of Sandy Jones, as John was trying to pull Sandy off Todd Parrott. This was the Royal Rumble, NASCAR style. So then their body man, forget his name, but he grabs me in a headlock. So we're four guys deep <laughs> off this trailer. <laughs> He gets me in a headlock, pulls me away. Sandy's mouth lets go of my thumb, you know. I got these teeth marks in my thumb. Didn't break the skin. Luckily, I had two gloves. He gets me down in a headlock. Well, I'm all sweaty and everything. So he's got me in this headlock, and I got my headset on. My headset, I go to pull out, and it, it pulls off in his hands. Now, both my ears cut. I was bleeding on the bottom of both my ears where it pulled my headset off right there. Not bad, but it hurt, yeah. you know. But all he had was my headset and the wires, and he looks up like, where'd John go? Well, when he looked up, and I done, I had done reached down, and I came from Southpaw. <laughs> and I hit him right there, and he had sunglasses on, and I, I just, it was in the middle of fight. But this is what Rusty Henderson told me. He's our body guy. He's still at Joe Gibbs today with Jimmy Maycar. He said, man, when he got off the ground, he looked up. He said, all that was left was a wire hanging on his ear right there from them sunglasses. And I've, I've railed into him two or three times. Thankfully, order was about to be restored. This guard that was 6'6", bigger than you, <laughs> he picked me up from under the arms and just walked away with me. And you can see all yeah. this is in footage. Yeah. That night I got home, uh, they were sent calling me sending me sending me footage so we want you to see this we got footage they made me a tape you know 
And he just picked me up and walked away. Very kind gentleman, I might say. He didn't roughhouse me. He just, I just felt myself go up in the air and I'm like, he just (laughs) walked away with me. I said, I'm good, I'm good. He said, I'll make sure you're good. (laughs) Carries me over here out of the way and the fight dissipates and all that. Later that night, John felt a little bit of remorse. He got over it real quick when team owner Raymond Beetle gave him his cash bonus. And I felt really bad that night. I remember me and my wife stopping and eating dinner coming home, and I was like, I just feel bad. I shouldn't hit anybody and all that. And it come one of the greatest greatest finishes oh, there yeah. ever were. Yeah. And every year Tom Higgins would would write in the paper, uh, the, the Charlotte Observer, the top ten quotes as Barry said, Barry Dotson said, you know, my little brother John got bit. I think it's very unprofessional. <laughs> it's been one of the top ten quotes for years for the all-star race. But he did hit him. Can't deny that. Was it on purpose? You'll have to ask Rusty. And uh, I got some money out of it. According to John, there were no hard feelings between the crews. Drivers, maybe, but not the crews. The next day, uh, I was at the track. Sandy Jones walks up. I said, man, bite me? You're biting? And, you know, we're all laughing, and there's no biting and racing. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's the way it were. We were. We didn't hate each other. We just, you just teams. We were laughing. My name is Rick Houston, and thank you so much for checking out this week's glorious, white-knuckled, God-fearing, spun-out, and half-turned-over racing story. I'll be back with another next week. Glorious Racing Stories is a production of Dirty Mo Media, hosted by me, Rick Houston. This show is produced by Andrew Curland, executive producers Mike Davis and Jason Schultz. Artwork is by Sean Sin. Broadcast audio is credited to ABC. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.